The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Pizza Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The Yankees signed a cheaper Adam Adovino for one quarter of the price pretty much right after we recorded on Wednesday. Welcome to the Bronx, Darren O'Day. Jock Peterson is off the board and it's looking more and more every day like Brett Gardner's coming back for a little more money than we probably thought he was going to get. And then it's time for a good old-fashioned flame corner. The New York Times on Masahiro Tanaka, Steve Cohen and freaking GameStop and Dave Portnoy and the Boston Red Sox and Kurt Schilling and a kerfuffle we never knew we needed. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. We can guarantee we are going to be there if you're looking for Yankees content. Make sure to drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question in that review. We will make sure to get to it in a future episode. Thomas, what a week for the New York Yankees. Uh, Who's psyched about Darren O'Day? Uh, I certainly am. I'm thrilled. This is exactly what we were thinking. I know we didn't we have we didn't talk about it at length because there were so many relief options out there. But if you're gonna get rid of an auto who has the sweeping slider, probably a good idea to bring in a guy who has much better off-speed stuff and also has the sweeping slider. O'Day, very successful MLB career. If we're gonna sit here and look at it, been in the league for 13 seasons, 40 and 19 record, 2.51 ERA, 1.02 whips, 600 strikeouts in 576 and two-thirds innings. Ton of experience in the AL East. Another thing to note, seven years with the Orioles. He's very good against the Yankees, career 2.51 ERA against them. Uh, last year, he was, or last two years, actually, he was with the Braves, most notably uh, was 2020. Uh, he only pitched eight games for them in 2019, but last year in 19 games, 1.10 ERA, whip. That's how that's, I guess how I have to say it because I don't know how to speak, but anyway, (laughs) tremendous numbers. uh, And he's, he's his fastball upper eighties slider upper seventies. And that's pretty much all he throws. And I love it because that's a great change of pace. I think this bullpen needs, we got 
Chad Green throwing flames. We got Zach Britton throwing flames. We got Aroldis Chapman throwing flames. Even if we're going to bring Loisega in there, he throws 90, between 96 and 98 at times. You need a you need a great change of pace option. I think Darren O'Day is perfect. And for all the for all the payroll experts out there, so concerned with Hal Steinbrenner's checkbook, this was a two point four five million dollar deal for one year. It's got an option for next year. Uh, in the event he declines that, I think if there's like a seven hundred thousand dollar buyout, or the Yankees decline it, there's a seven hundred thousand dollar buyout. Um, he's making I think one point five million this year uh, on on the base salary. So. Relax, everyone. We didn't splurge for this. The second he signed, I just pisses me off. Everybody, we better not have spent a lot of money on this guy. We better not have. We better not have broke the checkbook. It's like, what? What do you give a shit for? Who cares? I know the only reason we'd care is, I guess, is because we'd want another reliever, which well, they're probably going to get. But probably. like, stop. Yeah, just stop. Stop worrying about the money. Stop it. It's not your money. Let the team spend it how they see fit. I'm so sick of this. Anyway, it is a great deal. Uh, O'Day was never really probably going to get that much money. He's 38 years old now, but he's still flaming it up, man. Uh, I'll even take his worst season, which came two years ago with the Orioles, 3.60 ERA in 20 outings. Great. I love it. You know so, how I know O'Day's a good signing? Because when yeah. he comes in against you, you're like, fuck this guy. God damn mm-hmm. it. Like every time. It's like a wiffle ball. It's a wiffle ball and it's a common sentiment. Like, I think most fans would probably say the same thing, but every time Darren O'Day comes in, you're like, God, yeah, I forgot he's on the Orioles. God, why is the Orioles bullpen so good? Or like, go, oh, man, like this fucking guy throwing 88 at the top of the zone. Why can't my guys hit him? Why is Aaron Judge <laughs> waving at the slider in the opponent's batter's box? Don't they know all he has is a high fastball and a low and away slider? Uh, apparently, it works. The stuff works. Um, and once again, we're not asking Darren O'Day to handle the eighth inning duties very often. Like the design here is that he comes in in the sixth. Um, and you want to talk about, you know, you want to talk about whether the Yankees really need to salary dump Adam Adovino. That's fine. But we have now moved from a high variance sixth inning guy. Adovino could come in and be absolutely wipeout, could send everybody home back to the dugout on 13 pitches, or could walk to, could go full count on two others and could have two two-count first and second, two outs, 28 pitch inning, a bunch of, you know, foul balls and, and sliders at the dirt. Uh, Darren O'Day, you know exactly what you're getting. Uh, it's very unlikely Darren O'Day is going to blow up at any point. Um, he's just like the lowest variance version of Adam Adovino for one quarter of the price. You can't, you cannot hate it. And now there's another 10 million or so available for either Brett Gardner and another reliever or Brett Gardner in an in-season addition, or it's probably Brett Gardner and a trade piece reliever, right? Um, And so that does transition us into talking about Guardi a little bit. He's probably the next move. He's probably going to cost a few million dollars more than you thought he was going to. And he's probably going to be basically as valuable or potentially more valuable than the more expensive options that came off the board. We're talking Kyle Schwarber for 10 million. We're talking Jock Peterson for 7 million. Guardy is probably going to be a $5 million signing. And once again, you, you want to get mad at the people talking about ripping up the checkbook. It's, it's kind of weird to see that dollar figure when, when, if, and when he signs for 5 million or even 6 million fans are going to go, what the, what the heck is going on in, in is Hal Steinbrenner crazy. He could have had Jock Peterson for seven and he has Brett for five. Okay. Uh, Brett Gardner in, in 2019 hit 28 homers. 
in 2020, I don't know what the 2020 season was, but by the time the playoffs rolled around, he had just spent September hitting over 300 with power. He was in the playoff lineup every day. And he was putting up great at-bats. He hit a bomb. The Yankees did not play many playoff games in 2020. He hit a bomb in the first one. Uh, by the time the, the playoffs came around, which was only like two months into the season, Gardner was kind of indispensable again. And it was weird and it felt weird. Uh, over the last several years, someone did a statistical comparison. Gardner has put up basically the same amount of value as Charlie Blackman in terms of, you know, overall, uh, you know, that for a much for a much lower price. And Gardner's not 40, he's 36. Um, I don't know what I'm getting from Brett Gardner at this point, but I, I would have theoretically preferred Jack Peterson, I guess. But Gardner's got the intangible factor, unfortunately, uh, the unquantifiable, you know, checkmarking Gardner's box for the unquantifiable things. But the quantifiables, he's also got a lot of power. He's faster than Jock Peterson. He's a better outfielder. I don't know what you want. I don't know either. Uh, if I'm going to, I guess, play devil's advocate and pretend like I'm one of the fans who thought Jock Peter, the Yankees should have prioritized Jock Peterson. If the very place. doable to play yeah. devil's advocate here, by the way. Yeah, very doable. You know why? Is because Brett Gardner's pretty bad in the playoffs. I know he's, I don't want to flame the guy, but I'm, you just look at the stats. Uh, if not for his, um wild card game uh two wild card games and the series against the rays where he batted 375 and 364 that upped his average to 214 and his ops to 574 and his ops in those two series were 1.375 and 864 so if you really want to get into it jock peterson is a postseason all-star 64 games 272 average 852 ops nine home runs 20 rbis pretty damn good uh if you've watched enough of the dodgers especially in these high leverage games chuck peterson kind of comes through and even more impressive about that is he's largely been a platoon player since he debuted in 2014 so seven years um i know he's gotten up there in terms of playing 150 games a couple of times 148 149 and 151 in three separate seasons uh but he was never really a starter he that's why he was eventually going to leave the Dodgers. Now he's with the Cubs on this one year, $7 million deal. Great bargain for them. Uh, seems like he wants to rebuild his value a little bit and then test the waters next off season uh, because he had a bad regular season uh, in the short in 2020, 190 average 681 OPS in 43 games, but arguably one of the biggest reasons the Dodgers won the world series, batted 394, two home runs, six RBIs, four runs scored in those uh, in those 15 playoff games. So or 16 playoff games. So uh, that's the argument you could make here. But guess what? Brett Gardner's a Yankee lifer. There's really no way around it. The Yankees probably aren't going to let him go uh, for, you know, to, to, and not have the farewell in front of the fans. Also, he's a good clubhouse guy. All the players love him. You, you hear everybody talk, talk about him. Nothing but positive reviews. I know he's he's another left-handed bat. I know he has the speed. He never steals, though, so I don't know if we can even... Probably the most <laughs> inscrutable thing of the last, like, 15 years yeah. of Yankees baseball. <laughs> Why? I never. I don't get it. Every time he's on first, I'm just waiting. I, I it's 10 years I've been waiting for... Actually, no, the one season that he was an all-star, he stole a shit ton. But, well, but every, now it's over. Now he's yeah, not going to do I it. Know. <laughs> every other year, I'm sitting there waiting for him to steal second. It just doesn't happen, but okay. He's also whatever. 37, 37, not yeah. 36, by the way. Yes, and Jock is 28. So, uh, you know, Jock on a one-year deal. I'd rather have Jock on a multi-year deal. So maybe we get him next offseason. Who knows, guys? Stay optimistic. But that's probably the reason why we're going to keep Gardner. He's a lifer. They, 
you know, need more continuity. He's the last remaining player from the 2019, uh, 2019 World Series. Fucking imagine 2009 World Series team. So uh, the Yankees would love that presence in the clubhouse. Uh, they need it if they want. I think if they want to take the next step and get there. Um, so there's hopes for Jack Peterson next year, folks. Don't worry about it. Gardner stole 49 bases in 2011, 10 last year, 10 in 2019. Come on. Come on. 16 back in 2016. This is him as a 32-year-old man. 16 bases? That's like his thing. He stole uh, – I'm looking at minor league stats just because I want to make myself mad. It's a Friday morning, time to get angry. 2006, his first full minor league season, 58 stolen bases. That would have been nice. That would have been a great thing. 60-plus in his prime would have been pretty ideal. Uh, no. We got we got 47, tantalizing 47 and 49 at age 26 and 27. And then he was basically like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm <laughs> turning off the valve. I no longer steal bases. Uh, what a weird player, but also like a beloved guy. And, and like you said, Jock Peterson, even Kyle Schwarber, who I think we all agreed was probably – the, the power defense trade-off was not worth it for this Yankee team that had a ton of power already and probably could use an infusion of defense, uh, especially because Giancarlo Stanton is never playing the field again. Even if you like Kyle Schwarber, he's, he's going to be there next year, folks. He's, he's, you know, yeah. Jock Peterson will be there. All these guys will be there. The entire world is signing one-year contracts. Adam Eaton, I believe, signed a one-year contract. Like, There's a lot of people who will be hitting the free agent market once again uh, and probably hitting it during a new CBA. Uh, everything will change at a certain point. Uh, hopefully major league baseball and the players association uh, remember that they hated each other last year and, and decide to, to call the whole thing off and, and have some real talks. I worry that will not happen. I, I don't think things are going to go particularly smoothly this off season or next off season. And we're probably headed to lockout territory, but the culture of Major League Baseball will probably change at some point. The tide will turn. And then when that does happen, a bunch of people who were outfield free agents this offseason will be outfield free agents again next offseason. The culture, though, does matter to me. Um, I think it matters to a lot of people. You know, you talk about Brett Gardner as sort of this perfect culture fit in the last holdover for a Yankees team that lost CC Zabathia after last season and Masahiro Tanaka after this season. Uh, you know, you can make the case that it's time to move on from Gardner as he ages, but you can also make the case that he was bad for approximately one month of his recent Yankee tenure. And it happened to be August, 2020 with no spring training coming off the weirdo pandemic. And the fact that he looked a step slow and then suddenly looked, you know, not a step slow anymore when September rolled around is, is interesting to me. So when Brett Gardner gets $5 million instead of the like $1 million that all you financial geniuses are currently ticketing him for, you know, don't come crying to me. It's not that crazy to determine why they would want to give him that financial send off. And you can't even complain that they paid Brett Gardner instead of a reliever because they paid Darren O'Day once again, a quarter of the price for Adam Adovino and probably similar production and lower variance production. Jameson Tyone joined the Yankees this week talked all about how Garrett Cole said, when you get here, you're going to realize how special the Yankees culture really is and how much better they do it than the other teams we've played on in the past. Pretty cool to hear Cole say that. He's talking about the Pirates. He's also talking about the Astros, quite frankly. Uh, those are the only two teams he's ever played for. The Yankees culture is special, and so if the Yankees want to pay Brett Gardner $5 million instead of $1 million on his way out, then that's perfectly freaking fine with me. I'm not going to make the argument, especially because they have the money now. They've always had the money, but now they super have the money. 
You want to talk about flaming people on their way out, though. Uh, Kurt Schilling and the Boston Red Sox, an interesting case. Who knew that even uh, who knew that Schilling hated the Red Sox at this point as much as we did? That's something we learned this week in his open letter on Facebook, obviously, because Kurt is one of, you know, two people on earth who still use Facebook. Every one of Kurt's political bent uses Facebook. Everyone Kurt's age and over just dancing in the streets over there on Facebook. Uh, we're going to flame Kurt Schilling. We're also going to flame Steve Cohen and the New York Mets and GameStop uh, and the New York Times for what they did to Masahiro Tanaka. It's a good old-fashioned flame corner in the back half of this episode. Stick around. We are going to be right back. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We're going to be doing a good old-fashioned flame corner here. It is something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, a driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know, there's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know, a basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers, and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Beyond worth it on what's otherwise a happy Friday, capping a happy week. Plenty of targets for us uh, for our Jewish lasers. Uh, that's a little Marjorie Taylor Green shout-out. We're going to laser the New York Times first because I-, I think on Wednesday we knew Masahiro Tanaka was gone. We had sort of a nuanced discussion about his legacy on the pod, how he maybe was never quite the pitcher we thought he would be uh, when he partially tore his UCL in the middle of his very first season. But objectively, Masahiro Tanaka had a great Yankees tenure, was worth every bit of the $155 million risk the Yankees uh, paid, and more, frankly, because part of this discussion is, honestly, athletes are worth far more than the contracts they are paid. The, the large wages we see are all a form of, you know, wage suppression. These athletes should be making double what they make based on the revenues that the team uh, rakes in. So Masahiro Tanaka's $155 million deal was a bargain any way you look at it. The New York Times, in their farewell to Tanaka, said he never really lived up to the deal in the tweet, and you have never seen such a ratio holy shit, people went in on this. Uh, And the New York Times kept it up. They never deleted it. I don't understand why uh, in a farewell to a beloved New York sports figure, you got to take a shot first in the tweet before getting into the article. I I don't know who runs social for the Times. I don't think it's a sports fan. It can't be. Uh, I mean, respect to them for leaving it up because that's, I mean, that's all you could do at this point. So, I mean, that's the only option they had or else they would have gotten flamed even more. But I don't understand it either. Seven years with the Yankees, 78 wins, 3.74 ERA, 1.13 whip, a number of memorable postseason performances. Uh, I mean, if you want it, once again, we're getting down to the money. Everybody cares about the money. Guy made 22 million AAV throughout his tenure with the Yankees. We're going to pretend that that's not what starting pitchers, I guess, are, are effective starting pitchers are worse. I know Tanaka's consistency was arguably his biggest issue you get you get the eight shutout innings with 12 k's and then you somehow find yourself in a you know two inning six and run mess uh, and the yankees are already out of the game but you have to remember this guy never played a major league baseball before and he was a star in japan and he came over to major league baseball and he's for his first seven years were with the most famous franchise on the face of the earth 
and he he very much lived up to expectations. He dodged the UCL injury uh, in his first season, opting not to undergo Tommy John surgery, and had a great tenure. He 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 made a hundred. He pitched in 174 games every season. He pretty much. I think he had two, uh, two, yeah, his, his rookie year, 20 starts, 2015, 24 starts. Every other year was 31, 30, 27, 32. And then the shortened season was 10. Uh, not really sure how this doesn't live up to the contract. That's, that's very, that's a very subjective thing to do. And I think in a farewell, you shouldn't be negatively subjective unless the evidence is very clear, which it is not with Masahiro Tanaka. I think Masahiro Tanaka is the perfect example of living in the gray area. He Certainly had his critics, but he delivered enough times on the big stage to silence those critics and to ensure that he was living up to the deal that he signed after coming over from Japan. What was it? A seven year, $155 million deal. They also paid the $20 million posting fee for all you accountants out there. So factor that into the AAV if you want. Either way, uh, for this kind of a send off, I find it disrespectful. Um, and I don't really like it because Masahiro Tanaka was nothing but good to the Yankees media, to all of his teammates. You saw DJ LeMahieu in his press conference yesterday. The first thing that he said was he was upset that Masahiro Tanaka is gone. Uh, he was valuable to the clubhouse. He was a tremendous teammate. He was a pleasure to be around in the dugout. And he's going to be following him throughout his next year in Japan. So I think that says it all. And guess what, guys? DJ LeMahieu has only been on the team for two years. So the fact that Tanaka has put that kind of impression on him in really one and a half years because last year was one and a third years because last year they only played 60 games. I think that says a lot. So uh, whoever wrote this column might not have been too in touch with Yankees baseball or wasn't around the Yankees enough to really do this. So uh, New York times, very big publication. I think next time for a send off, get somebody who's boots on the ground here to give us some, you know, real anecdotes and uh, you know, real firsthand experience with these players. Cause that's a bunch of bullshit. Like if they wrote the CC Sabathia send off and it started with a one time alcoholic, Sabathia entered his Yankees <laughs> tenure. It's like, come on, just not now. N don't like never ever, but especially not now. Um, Tanaka, universally beloved member of the Yankees fraternity. Uh, everybody sent him off in style. Gary Sanchez, you see this? Gary Sanchez wrote pizza in all caps, yeah. inside joke. And then everybody trying to figure out what pizza meant. And somebody said it referred to Tanaka's nipples looked like pepperoni. <laughs> and then Tanaka tweeted like Tanaka tweeted something and they tried to translate it. And he was like, if, if it's pepperoni, if there's somebody's nipples who look like pepperoni, I'd like to see that or whatever, like denying that that's what it meant. I don't know. It was all great, but yeah, we love Tanaka and statistically like it all evens out the eight shutout innings and the struggle starts. He's, he was like a top 10 pitcher in the American league for most of his tenure. Yeah. So yeah, definitely lived up to his contract. Nice try. Uh, next, I, I do think we, we do need to talk about briefly how uh, the Mets fans spent all offseason lording Steve Cohen's wealth over us. Uh, oh, a big behemoth. Before he'd even made a trade or a deal, then he compromised on James McCann over JT Realmuto. Then he let George Springer go to Toronto, didn't want to pay that money, uh, preferred to roll with the defensively deficient Brandon Nimmo and have this Jeff McNeil, Robinson Cano thing floating back and forth. Now it looks like he may or may not sign Trevor Bauer. He, he traded for Lindor, hasn't extended him yet. And now he's somehow caught up in the Robin Hood thing and lost like $3 billion and also might go to jail. <laughs> like he probably won't. He, he'll probably find a way out of these financial crimes. But extremely online owner who loves to talk to the fans about black jerseys and has more money than God 
within like two months turned into the enemy of the people defending billionaires against, you know, the public trying to trade on Robin Hood and got in a public argument with Dave Portnoy. Is this what Met fans wanted? Is this what you guys were bragging about? Because this doesn't seem fun, actually. I'd rather have Hal Steinbrenner. Yeah. Uh, first, you have the Bernie Madoff scandal, and now we have the GameStop scandal. There's uh, been like two financial scandals in a decade, and the Mets fans talk their way into being a big part of both of them. It, I, I, it's crazy. It, it's it's sad because I don't want to laugh at this, but how can you not laugh at this? GameStop is, well, I think it's, so now there's all this, if you don't know what's happening, hedge funds were shorting GameStop stock. Their exposure was revealed. I don't know how. And then a group of Redditors decided, oh, this these asshole hedge funds are shorting stock to make money. Let's drive the price up of the stock. And when you short a stock, when the stock goes up, you have to pay exponentially more money when you short it because you're betting against it. And if it's doing better than what it what you're projecting it to be, then you're getting crushed. So essentially, per the New York Times, Steve Cohen, the 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 uh, small group of he- uh, investors at the hedge fund, 0.72 lost 15 percent of, I guess, their overall wealth or whatever they have. Um, and that's you know that's part of Cohen, that's a lot of money. 15% is a shitload of money. Uh, now, Wall Street, supposedly, there's a lot of problems. They're potentially buying into Wall Street stock and uh, um, GameStop stock, and then Robinhood halted the trading on it, and then they sold some of the GameStop stock to drive the price down. Who the hell knows what's going on? It's insider trading. It's bullshit. The powerful people will get away with it. We all know that. However, he did get into an argument with Portnoy, and his quote in the tweet was, I'm just trying to make a living like the rest of you. Just a living. Just a living. $14 billion in net worth. And he is just trying to make a living. If you're worth $14 billion, what is even the point of shorting other stock? Just fucking put all your money into Amazon and Google and sit there for the next 15 years and just collect money. Why are you even bothering doing this? This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And now, and now if this continues on the trajectory, all these these Reddit groups, it's kind of hilarious how they built this army and they're trying to get the stock up to a certain price to uh, by the end of the short contract. I think Monday it is. And they're trying to get it up to like $750 or a thousand, which would really put these hedge funds in a bad spot. Somehow the Mets owner is embroiled in this. And I mean, oh God, this and maybe that's maybe they foresaw this. Maybe they that's how the you market. earn the people's trust. Yeah, that that's how you earn the people's trust coming out and defending hedge fund owners as just trying to make a living during this extreme moment of crisis. Yeah. Like Cohen already had baggage before he was the Mets owner. Like people were a little hesitant about him. He was, you know, they had been investigated for financial crimes and a bad workplace. He previously, you know, there's sexual harassment claims in there. And then all of a sudden his Mets tenure, oh, I'm the big fat spending guy. I'm Mr. Monopoly. I have endless money. And then he, you know, I have to sit through Met fans bragging about just an ownership change in October and November just sitting here saying, okay, I would like to see the results, please. You don't need to see the results. It doesn't matter. Cohen is the man. He's got it all locked out on the control. And then within a month, we've got GM hired and fired because of a string of 62, some sexually explicit, just insane text messages, hired and fired. 
hired and fired, hired days. and fired in one offseason. And then you've got Cohen, who's basically wearing a sign that says, I commit financial crimes from the second he's hired, committing financial crimes. And this time it's financial crimes that don't just screw, you know, billionaires and millionaires, but your everyday people who think they found a loophole and suddenly here's big fat Steve Cohen uh, coming out with an iron, with a iron foot. I don't know, that's not a term. <laughs> maybe. But stomping on, maybe it is, <laughs> stomping on the regular folk. Uh, and potentially getting himself in, into more criminality. So best of luck, Mets fans. You, you hired the financial crimes guy, and he did more financial crimes. This should not be shocking to any of us, but uh, it will be interesting to see. Uh, maybe the Mets make a new hire, and then that new hire at, at the ownership position uh, gets embroiled in the third financial scandal in a decade. It's, it seems like the Mets and financial scandals go together well. It's truly a shame that that uh, Francisco Lindor extension is going to have to wait till the regular season because uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. My man he just said lost. he's not waiting till the regular season. So now my man just really lost three billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> he just lost three billion dollars. Uh, I don't know, my man. Uh, interesting. So one last flame in the flame corner, uh, and it's for the Kurt Schilling and the Boston Red Sox. So cue that hate update sting. You're now listening to Thomas and Adam b- 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 blasting the Boston Red Sox. This is the hate update. Oh boy. Oh, it feels so good to hate the Boston Red Sox again. Unfortunately, we're on the same side of the fence as Kurt Schilling on this one. Schilling uh, did not make the Baseball Hall of Fame this year, although he came really close, uh, objectively came really close. He was 16 votes shy. And so going into his final season on the ballot, Schilling decided not to make his argument, but to turn himself into the victim once again, as uh, conservatives these days tend to do often after wielding power forever uh being held accountable for their actions somehow they are now the victims uh kurt schilling 16 vote shy yelled about it on in a facebook screed tried to pull himself off the ballot entirely for his next season the entire baseball writers association went uh no you you can't do that we're gonna vote on you again also he said players are the only people who deserve to have the right to you know judge players for their accomplishments pretty harsh way to talk about the like almost 300 writers who decided that despite all of your comments and awful transgender memes and inciting riots at the Capitol and saying journalists should be hanged, like 300 journalists still think you should be in the Hall of Fame. And he's basically saying, you don't have the right to, you know, argue for me. Okay, great. Thanks, Kurt. And then he also came out against the Red Sox. He said that he would have worn a Diamondbacks hat and then a Phillies hat. If that didn't work out, he'd never wear a Red Sox cap because of what Werner and John Henry did to him in his last year in Boston. Turns out that was they advised against a surgery before the season. He tried to get an un he tried to get a restricted, unapproved surgery before the 2008 season started, and they said no, and they accused him of faking an injury. Uh, and then ultimately, he uh, he did have a career-ending injury and a career-ending surgery that summer. So egg on all their faces. Uh, but cool to know that the Red Sox and Kurt Schilling are enemies now too. Uh, the enemy the enemy of my enemy, not my friend. I hate them both, but. Very funny that these two detestable parties uh, have been sort of in a decade-long feud that I didn't even know about. Oh, it's all so juicy. Idiots on both sides. I didn't know we knew the reason. I just, because he wrote in the, he wrote in in his message on Facebook, what Mr. Henry and Mr. Werner did to my family and I in my final year has been forgiven, but will never be forgotten. So (laughs) I didn't know it was that. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, just more of an indictment on the Red Sox organization. How many times do we have to talk about it? They are shady. They're slimy. This is the fan base too. 
come at me. Don't really care. This is what you guys do. You don't care. La- you laugh when you're losing and pretend like it doesn't matter. And then you're winning and everybody who's losing is a schmuck and is, is worthless. So it's the classic, you know, Boston persona. And now you have ownership who, you know, all they did the last two years was cut payroll, make this team, make a world series team significantly worse for no reason, but other than to save money because they didn't want to hand out an extension. And the the funniest part about all this is they somehow, somehow have not found a way out of Dustin Pedroia's contract yet. Then they're paying him what between 13 and $15 million. He hasn't played in fucking four years. And then they're finding ways to get Mookie bets out of town. And, you know, you, you find out that they did this to Kurt Schilling. What was it? 13 years ago that they wouldn't let him get a, a surgery. What does that cost the team? It's under the health insurance policy. So it just absolutely just just pathetic. Underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Play season long best ball fantasy drafts where you only focus on the most fun part of fantasy drafting your team. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. Underdog handles the rest for you. No waivers, trades, or setting your lineups each week. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100. Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. And then they make these little BS, they make these BS uh, free agent signings this year and they finish second in all these other races for all these other top guys. Oh, we were almost there. We almost had it. Nope. You were not there. You were never there. You inserted your name to make it seem like you were there. You're not. And now all the fans bought into this, this dollar store version of the Red Sox and it's just shameful and they're going to suck again this year. And this is more evidence of why they should and why they don't deserve anything. So that's it for me. That's it. Shout out to Kurt Schilling though, for, Honestly, getting right up to the edge of all, I expected him to drop way further this year. And he was really, really, really close to election. And he used that as motivation. Like I was worried when I saw the results this year that like, oh man, next year he's totally getting in his 10th year. It's going to be so awkward. David Ortiz is getting into like the most uncomfortable. I'm going to try to get to Cooperstown this summer for for Jeter and Larry Walker and and Ted Simmons. I don't really know what it's going to look like, if it's going to be restricted and all that stuff. So the first like real return to normalcy Hall of Fame election was slotted for next summer, and it was going to be poppy and chilling, and I had full body chills. And then Kurt goes, no, I'm going to halt my own momentum. No worries. I'm going to, I'm going to call, I'm going to remind the journalist that I called them scum. And I'm basically going to try <laughs> to take myself off the ballot. Like I was pretty sure he was going to gain 16 votes next year. Now I'm fairly confident he's going to be in the minus column again. Uh, so well done, Kurt. Will you ever get in? Probably you'll be rewarded someday. I hope you're not on stage for it, but kudos to you for uh, trying to expose the hall of fame's hypocrisy for some reason. Oh, and also one last shout out before we leave to Bob Ryan, who bragged on Twitter on Thursday about voting for Schilling for the hall of fame and voting for Steve Carlton. He, he used Steve Carlton's disgusting political views from the nineties as justification for proudly voting for both him and Schilling, but instead just made himself look like, an insane person who gets into bed with dangerous radicals. Uh, Steve Carlin's political views, I won't even, you know, I'm not even going to go into them now, but Bob Ryan was like, hey, 
Kurt, by the way. I voted for a guy who thinks HIV was created in a lab to eradicate African-Americans and who think eight Jews control the Swiss banks. And I voted for him and I voted for you. And it was like, okay, Bob Ryan, that's a that's a brag, you idiot. What do you, your vote should be taken away too. What are you talking about? Now, we're, now Steve Carlton, we need to examine him. What are you doing? What have you done? Oh, man, I don't want to get too riled up and and cross the across the threshold here but yeah bob ryan egg on your face you're, you're bragging about voting for the worst people on earth i'm not sure why you're doing that that's it for this edition of the yanks go yard podcast what a flame corner that was what Ooh. what a half hour what a half hour what a half hour we just had i want to thank everybody for listening and i want to sign off and say thanks for darren o'day brett garner's coming in that that flame corner really got a lot off my chest if you liked what you heard, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcast. Make sure to drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Please head on over to YanksGuard.com and the official YanksGuard Twitter account at YanksGuardFS. We're there all weekend. We're there for the foreseeable future. So until then, enjoy your pizza Friday and your weekend, everyone. Enjoy both. Goodbye, everybody. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door, check window, check other window. Rest chin on ground, look into distance. Bark for no reason. Check front door, check window, check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball, find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.